It has often been the case throughout this year's journey through the Bible that our daily readings come at just the perfect time. So for the whole month of May, we're in the Psalms. The readings are shorter, they contain some of our most beloved scriptures, and most importantly, they give voice to our emotions. Because right now, we really need an outlet for our feelings. There's power in reading these Psalms together. Even as we are socially distancing and and sheltering at home, because they underscore the one message that we need to hear more than anything else right now. You are not alone. You are not alone in feeling whatever it is you're feeling. And try as you might to repress those emotions and put up a strong front, you and I often need a way to join together and name what is in our hearts. And very few things have the power to do that than a song, like the songs that are in this book. Tom Long, who is one of my favorite preachers, tells a story involving the great theologian and teacher Richard Niebuhr, who was attending a worship service and happened to be sitting next to one of his former students. The preacher for the worship service was attempting to do one of those experimental sermons, You preach for a few minutes and then invite the congregation to sing the first verse of a hymn and then preach a little more and then sing another verse and so on. And the sermon was not going well. So the former student then leaned over to Niebuhr and said, this is awful. This reminds me of something you said in one of your classes one day. We were reading that author that you didn't like and and you said that he was a bad theologian. Because every time he ran into a theological problem that he couldn't solve, he quoted a hymn. Niebuhr then turned to his student and said, I was wrong. I was young. I was brash. I was wrong. I've since discovered that there are some things in the faith that you can say only in hymns. That's why we need the Psalms. They can help us in moments like this when we need a song to face a problem that we cannot seem to solve. I guess that's also why Billboard magazine reported a surge in music streaming and downloads soon after social distancing began. I mean, that's not surprising. What's interesting, though, is that the spike in downloads was due in large part because of greater interest in older songs, songs older than the latest charts. And so it is with the faith. When we feel most alone and most isolated and most at a loss for words, we can go back to the music catalog of our memory and turn to these old psalms. They often help us name the emotions in our hearts that we are most prone to conceal. In fact, if you happen to be watching this on Facebook Live right now, you might say that the psalms contain every Facebook emoticon. I mean, take a look at those buttons. You might even even press them now. The like button is found throughout the Psalms. So is the heart or the love button. The wow button's there. So is the joy and the grief. Even the care button, which just came out this past week, is in the Psalms too. They're all there. Most of the Psalms, in fact, contain more than one emotion. And so when you read them, it's like one giant verbal mood swing after another. But that is often the case with life. And that's why we need the Psalms. But there's one emotion in the Psalms that can be the hardest to read and the one that we most need to express. 
anger. Anger is the really tough one for us. And it's all throughout the Psalms, including Psalm 7, where we start our journey today. And I think that's an appropriate place for us to start because if we're really honest with ourselves, it's the one that we are feeling the most during this pandemic and the one that scares us the most in how to express it. We share in the anger at the number of lives that have been taken and the the grief that's been left in its wake. Anger at the financial misery affecting countless individuals and families struggling to make ends meet. Anger at the disproportionate number of cases affecting low-income persons and people of color. Anger at the deepening divisions within the country at a time when we really ought to be coming together instead. Anger at the growing number of domestic violence cases and the rise in addictions. Anger at the school year cut short, the the vacation plans that have been scrapped, and and the growing sense that we really don't know how much longer this will last. We know we're all in this together, and we're grateful to be doing our part. But reading Psalms like these remind us of just how angry we are and how angry we are allowed to be. But Psalms like this take it even one step further. It pushes us to name the ways that we are angry, not just at a condition or a situation, but the anger that you and I might feel against another person. This is really where the Psalms get to meddling. Verse six says, rise up, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake, O my God, you have appointed a judgment There are passages like this all throughout the Psalms, passages that name other people as our evil enemies, passages that ask God to smite them and punish them, and we are right to be troubled by them. The technical term for these kinds of Psalms is imprecatory, from the Latin word imprecor, which means to call down curses and to invoke evil on a person. How about that? And every time we read one of these imprecatory psalms, we are right to ask the question, what are we supposed to do with this? How can a person of faith look at others this way? How can a a, a follower of Jesus pray for violence and revenge to be done against them? And then there's the biggest question of all. Why is this even in our Bible? And that's the point. The fact that these psalms are in our Bible reminds us of the fact that this kind of vengeance-seeking anger is, in fact, in our hearts, like it or not. And when we ask, what are we supposed to do with scriptures like these, God is actually prompting us to ask the question, why is this feeling in our hearts to begin with? And more importantly, what are we supposed to do with it? I love what the great biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann does with these imprecatory psalms. He suggests that these psalms remind us that there are really only three options with that anger that we feel against someone else. First, we might act on it, commit violence against them. We can't really do that. That's not really an option. Second, we could deny those feelings, you know, push them down, but we can't really do that either. We, we know that these feelings will just come out eventually in an unhealthy way. So there's the third option, the one that these psalms demonstrate for us each and every time. 
we can give it over. Sigmund Freud recognized this in the power of therapy when we give these things over to a therapist. These Psalms remind us over and over again that we can give it over to God. You know what's interesting? I didn't realize this until I interviewed my former Bible professor, Kathy Farmer, for an upcoming podcast for later this month. But every time we read one of these imprecatory Psalms, it's always the human speaking. God never responds by saying, you got it. I'll strike them down for you. I mean, this is as honest a speech as there comes in the Bible, and it demonstrates the power of giving our harshest, most vengeance-seeking anger over to God, knowing that in naming it and giving it over to God, healing can begin. Walter Brueggemann equates this to two quarreling siblings, scrapping and and scratching at each other, causing a, a tiny little nick in one of their fingers. So what does the hurt sibling then do? Runs to their parent. The kid starts screaming at the parent in full imprecatory psalm mode. Look at what he did to me. Do you see this cut? I mean, it, it may be a tiny cut, and, 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 but the crying kid will often use exaggerated speech just like these psalms. I'm gushing blood. I'm feeling faint. Don't you care? He hurt me. And I want you to punish him, and I won't be happy until you do. I mean, it's just like a page out of these psalms. Now, what does a good parent do? Does she say, you got it. I'm going to rain down lightning on your brother. Nope. Does she say, just suck it up. I'm busy. Nope. Does she say, here's a bat. Go for it. I hope not. A good parent will often say, okay, listen, I hear you. It wasn't very nice. But now that you've given it over to me, and now that I've got it, you can calm down. That's the power of an imprecatory psalm. It allows us to do the healthiest thing to do with our anger at someone else, to give it over. I think it's not only possible, but very likely that psalms like these are ones that you and I need to hear right now. Because these days of social distancing do not insulate us from relational harm. And there may be some anger at someone that you don't know what to do with right now. So give it over. Let God have it. And let God lead you to the healthy steps that you can take to experience healing and wholeness and peace in your life and in your relationships. I'm glad that we're on this journey together. And I'm really glad that this month we have the Psalms as our traveling companion. Read these Psalms every day. Let them speak to you. Let them speak on your behalf. And most of all, let them draw you closer to God and closer to one another so that we can come to the same conclusion as the author of Psalm 7. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness and sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for giving us the Psalms and for their ability to express those feelings that that we might otherwise conceal from others and try to hide from you. We acknowledge our hurt and our capacity to cause harm and the anger that comes as a consequence. We choose in this moment not to exact revenge or to deny our feelings, but to give it over to you. Transform our hearts, fill us with your love that we might fully love you and others. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray and type, amen.